0: Hi get everybody. I'm Dan Horde, and thanks for downloading the Bengals Booth Podcast. The I Shake It Off, I Shake It Off edition, as the Bengals drop their preseason opener to the Green Bay Packers 36-19. to Coming up, you'll hear radio replays, locker room comments from players and coaches, and Dave Lapham will join me for post game analysis. Then, in this week's Fun Facts conversation, quarterback Reed Sinnott tells us What Tom Brady likes to eat, other than avocado ice cream. The Bengals Booth Podcast is brought to you by Bengals Picks and Ultimate Bengals. They're free to play with tickets and signed merchandise up for grabs. Find both inside the Bengals app. Now, here's a quick reminder that you can have the latest edition of this podcast delivered right to your phone, tablet, or computer by subscribing, wherever you get your podcasts. It's the greatest thing since... Joe Burrows, pregame workout. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. The highlight of Friday's preseason opener actually happened two and a half hours before kickoff when the Bengals quarterback took the field with no compression sleeve on his right calf and worked out for roughly 30 minutes. Joe threw passes to members of the coaching staff and even did some light running. It's certainly a cause for optimism that Joe will be ready for the season opener in Cleveland. We'll have more on his pregame workout when I talk to Dave Lapham later in the podcast. All right, time to review the preseason opener against the Packers. By now you know that Zach Taylor is not going to play his starters very much, if at all, in the preseason. The one exception on Friday night was Dax Hill, who needs snaps as he moves into a starting role at safety. The Packers, on the other hand, had their starting offense on the field for two drives for an obvious reason. After having two starting quarterbacks over the last 31 years in Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers... This is the summer of love in Green Bay and Jordan Love, who has barely played in three NFL seasons, put the Packers on the scoreboard first. Second and goal from the nine. Love hands it, no, fakes to Dillon, sets up in the pocket, floats it into the end zone, and Dubs comes down with the touchdown catch for the Green Bay Packers. He boxed out Sidney Jones, the fourth, and Romeo Dubs, who's 6'2", 2'04". Pull down the TD throw.
1: Six two two zero four, and you have a matchup against Jones at
0: six feet one eighty one. Love was replaced by rookie Sean Clifford, a graduate of St. Xavier High School in Cincinnati, and a pass interference call at the goal line on Bengals cornerback Allen George helped Green Bay take a fourteen three lead early in the second quarter, but it didn't last. After a 51-yard field goal by Evan McPherson made it 14-6, Money Mac made all four of his field goal attempts, by the way, the Bengals scored their first touchdown of the preseason. Clifford Reddy catches the shotgun snap against a four-man rush. His throw oh, intercepted it on the run. It's going to be a pick six as Tyson Anderson picks it off and
1: sprints to the end zone for the Bengals' touchdown. Oh, man. Walker, the offensive lineman, just went up to console Clifford, who is obviously very disappointed in the outcome of that play. I mean, Tyson Anderson, it it can't be any easier than that. That ball was just gift-wrapped to him. Clifford gets rid of the ball. He's under pressure, and and jumping the route is Tyson Anderson. And, boy, I'll tell you, the pressure that came was up the middle. Dominique Davis came with an inside rush, beat the guard, and, and tattooed Clifford up in his chest right as he was releasing the football, took some juice off it. Tyson Anderson undercut it and said, see you later.
0: Later in the half, Tyson Anderson had another interception as he ripped the ball away from 6'5", 259 pound tight end Tucker Kraft. It was quite a night for the speedy safety out of the University of Toledo, who missed his rookie year with a hamstring injury. Dave Lapham talked to him after
2: the game.
1: Two interceptions in the first half. One of them, a pick six. Take us through uh, what you saw out there.
2: Uh, Coach, Coach Lou called a great call, and uh, we disguised it real well. And the, the quarterback just never seen me, and I helped one of our teammates out, just helping him recover, and just made a great play and finished through.
1: You uh, you jumped that route pretty darn strong, and, and uh, Dominique Davis had a pretty good rush. Uh, on, I'm not sure if you saw the replay on it or not, but he pretty good hit right in the quarterback's chest, and and uh, and you jumped that thing. And it was when you intercepted it, all you saw was green, I guess, huh?
2: Yeah, all I saw was the, the end zone. Really, the quarterback wasn't really chasing me, so I just kind of ran to the left as far as I could. Knew nobody was catching me once I got the ball.
1: What about the second interception? What what you see there?
2: Uh, we just uh, again, Coach Lou keep calling great calls. Um, um, we were in a cover th- a cover three zone. Um, uh, he ran a little stick route right on the sticks and uh, seen the quarterback throw, broke on him. It was just a competition for the ball, and I came down with it.
1: So, in the secondary, you guys have so much speed. You can run. I mean, er- safeties, corners, everybody runs like sub four four. It seems like. I mean. And also uh, teams, uh, speed and smarts. It seems like you can run, and everybody's intelligent back there. That's a pretty pretty good one-two punch. To, uh, you guys going to have a good year back there.
2: No, yeah, for sure. We just got to continue to just stack days, and the sky's the limit for this group. Just continue to communicate and just do our, our, our five things that we pride ourselves on doing, just being playmakers, finishing the ball, having a lot of effort, flying around, communicating, and playing smart.
1: Lou Anarumo, what's it like playing for a guy uh, that – good as a defensive coordinator. I mean, do you feel the trust between, you guys trust him, he trusts you, it's got to be a pretty good feeling.
2: No, yeah, it's for sure, trust level on both sides, both sides, he trusts us to do what we got to do, and we trust him to put us in great positions, and he always does, and we reap the benefits of him putting us in great positions.
1: Two interceptions and a half, you ever, you ever done that before at any level?
2: Uh, no, first time. First time? First time.
1: you time.
2: You,
1: you got both the footballs?
2: Oh yeah, so I gave them to the equipment guys, so I'm sure they're gonna be giving them to me here soon. So you keep one, and one going to
1: somebody else in your family. Or you keeping them both?
2: Uh, no, I'm gonna keep one. One going go to my parents back home. There you go. That's a good son right there.
1: Appreciate you, Tyson.
2: Yeah, appreciate you. Anderson's
0: second INT came with one oh four left in the half, and the Bengals leading 16-14. They were in field goal range, but Jake Browning threw a pass that was too high for Shedrick Jackson and he tipped it into the hands of Green Bay rookie, Carrington Valentine, out of Cincinnati's Moeller High School. 25 seconds later, the Packers took the lead for good. 25 seconds left in the half. Clifford in the gun, back at the 10. Quick pass over the middle. Touchdown, Green Bay. Tyler Davis, one of five tight ends on the roster, makes the catch for the Packers' touchdown. The Packers' offense wound up scoring five touchdowns, including an 80-yard run in the fourth quarter by undrafted rookie Emmanuel Wilson. The Bengals' offense didn't score any TDs, but there were some bright spots, including a four-catch debut for sixth-round draft pick Andre Josibosh. Here comes a blitz, Simeon gets rid of it, hits Josibosh on a crossing route, breaks a tackle, running toward the Green Bay sideline and out of bounds in Packers territory at the 48-yard at, at line. There's a penalty flag down and in the 15. offensive backfield. It's going to be rough from the quarterback. Yossi Vosh just missed a touchdown as he hauled in a 25-yard pass in the end zone and got his right foot down, but the tip of his left foot landed on the sideline. I spoke to him after the game. Andre, four catches, 50 yards in your NFL preseason debut, and if your feet were a little bit smaller, you might have had a touchdown catch.
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just got to hold the space there on that one, but, you know, everything is a work in progress, so I'm just happy I got to be out there and just make some plays. What stood out to you about your first taste of real NFL action? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's really fast. You know, practice was fast, but the game is a lot faster, and I mean, I just got to let it all slow down and just let the game come to me instead of trying to rush things and force them. So, but that will come in t- with
0: time, so I think this is a really good experience for me. we chatting with Andre Yosivas, you were targeted ten times. did mm-hmm. you find that a bit surprising that they came to you that much? Um,
3: not really, you know. I mean, if it's a one-on-one matchup, I feel like those guys trust me to make plays oh, and, and things like that. So it wasn't really a surprise. And I, I was glad that they, they threw me the ball that many times. It shows shows uh, good traits.
0: Let's go back to the near touchdown catch. Have yeah. you seen a replay? How would you describe your attempt to get both feet down inbounds?
3: Yeah, I mean, it, it was pretty tight, I think, um... Yeah, I mean, I think my, my, my second foot landed probably right on the line, as close to the line as you can. Um,
0: but, you know, I'll make that play next time it comes around. This is a big moment for any rookie. I think 20 Bengals rookies saw their first taste of NFL action. Was it a thrill, even though it's a preseason game?
3: Yeah, I mean, you just want to go out there and execute. Um, it was definitely exciting. The, the stadium was really packed. The fans were loud. So it was a fun environment to be in and, you know, get,
0: get the work. And you get to do it another week in Atlanta. Yep, can't wait, I'm super excited, so on to the next. Congrats on a good first performance. Thank you. Another Bengals rookie, running back Chase Brown, got the ball 11 times and showed off his speed. Simeon catches the shotgun snap against the four-man rush, bouncing in the pocket, dumps it off, check down to Chase Brown, look at him go, as he hits the accelerator, runs inside the 20, and the rookie out of Illinois gets tackled at the 18, 21 yards on the check down to chase brown and the bengals enter the paramount plus red zone brown finished with 12 yards rushing and 33 yards receiving feels like your heart is still racing from the excitement of being out there is that the case yeah a little bit i mean it's my first nfl
4: game um and i just i just think back on it right now like man like i could have been better so that's just my mindset going this week and um you know that's gonna be my my theme. is just you know being better this week and you know rolling into Atlanta. You know um, just more prepared, more. Not that I wasn't prepared this week, but you know it's just it's like your first game and you get the shakes a little bit and um, you know now I got that first game under my belt. So just you know building
0: confidence from that and. Uh, going into next week better people don't remember scores from preseason games stats from preseason games but when it's your first it's something you'll never forget right no doubt.
4: no doubt no doubt but i mean these these are important for everybody that uh had the opportunity to play tonight and um you know just being able to 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 be better going into next week into these practices is, is what's most important
0: it sounds like you wish the Atlanta game was tomorrow night.
4: Man, if it was, I'd be excited. But, I mean, it just, we just have some time to flush the film, um, you know, learn from our mistakes, and just you know, be better as a, as a group um, to come up with a win. How'd
0: the 21-yard gain on the screen feel, or the check down feel? Yeah, I mean,
4: that, that's good. I'm just doing my job. Um, it's pretty wide open, just had to make one person miss. I'm um, just barely just doing my job, man.
0: You made a miss badly. It seemed like he didn't quite realize how much speed number 30 at had for
4: Cincinnati. Yeah I mean I'm coming with I'm coming with power I'm coming with uh, speed and it's just um, you know I, I knew I had a play to make there so it's just like I said at the end of the day I'm just doing my job. Congrats. Thank you.
0: The Bengals Booth Podcast is brought to you by Kettering Health the official health care provider of the Bengals. With more than 120 care facilities and 1,500 care providers Kettering Health is committed to guiding you to your best health. Visit KetteringHealth.org to learn more. Again, the final score was 36-19, to 19, Green Bay. The Bengals fall to 3-8 and eight in preseason games under Zach Taylor, who prioritizes keeping his starters healthy over getting them snaps in games that don't count. He spent a couple of minutes with Lap after the game.
1: In, in every single football game, there's going to be guys that put forth good performances. I mean, Tyson Anderson, two interceptions and a half. Pretty good, pretty good performance right there. What other guys jump out at you? Um, I know you haven't had time to review anything, take a look at anything. Dominique Davis, to me, I mean, he had a good pass rush on Tyson's interception. He comes up with a fumble recovery after a hit on another sack. I mean, sack. You had you had some guys that stepped up and made some plays.
5: Yeah, some guys flashed like that. You know, you'll, you'll have a chance to consume the whole tape to see how the whole performance looked. But um, I did think Dominique Davis showed up and made some key plays for us. Uh, Tyson, obviously, th- those are two. Um, really good interceptions. One of them's in contested play, he took away. The other one, he jumps to play and, and scores. So uh, those should be big momentum changers for us, and we didn't do enough to
1: capitalize on them. What's it like when a coach like yourself and Coach um, Walters, you see that, all right, you want Yosivash, who's a real good talent, to get his hands extended, use that big body a little bit more instead of letting the ball come to his body, and he's done a really good job of that, and it translated in the game. He came close on couple of real big plays and contested catches, but he had the extension. He, he, I thought he played really well, and he gave a lot of effort.
5: I saw some good things from him. You know, the quarterbacks found a way to target him, and, and he made some big plays, good catch after the run, um, almost had a good touchdown, you know, on a contested down there and the go around in the end zone. So those were good things to see from under.
1: So red zone, obviously uh, they scored in the red zone with regularity. The red zone only got there, I think, once and settled for a field goal. Um, that had to be disappointing a little
5: bit. Yeah, we had penalties that knocked us back. Uh, I didn't think overall we were disciplined enough as a team. You know, really, you look at the first punt return we had. We had a great return to the 25-yard line. We get a clip. Um, so, then we lose the field position. We then punt to them. We give them a we, – we get an offside and give them a free first down. They score a touchdown a couple plays later. So, I just didn't think we were disciplined enough overall.
1: So – what, what did you take out of this football game? I mean, did you see guys when they had a bad play or something that went wrong? Were they able to compartmentalize and move on? And, and uh, that's what you have to do in the NFL. There, there's going to be some ups and downs in the NFL. That's just life in the National Football League, and young guys have to learn, you know, forget about that, and let's go get something done. I, I think the
5: simplest thing is just the discipline. You know, if we can eliminate the turnovers, that put us in really bad positions. Um, and, again, just – uh, simple things. Just be where you're supposed to be, you know, on, on, on really in all three phases. And those are things that we can easily correct going into the next game. We're going to really emphasize them next week and be much better against Savannah.
1: Did you see in, in a lot of times with young guys it's trying too hard? I mean, you know, it's like I, I, I want to try to go make a play. I'm going to leave the crop that I'm supposed to harvest and go try to get a little piece of this crop over here. Did you see any of that? We'll have to see. You know, that will be, that'll be better for me to answer after watching the tape.
0: Up next, a road game in Atlanta next Friday night. The Falcons open the preseason with a 19 3 win over Miami. Starting quarterback Desmond Ritter did not play for Atlanta. Former Bengals draft pick Logan Woodside went the distance at QB. The Bengals Booth Podcast is brought to you by Paycor. More than 29,000 customers trust Paycor to help them recruit, pay, engage, and retain employees. Learn more at paycor.com. Now, time for the Radio Guys Recap. Black people generally don't remember the score of preseason games or the stats of preseason games. For the guys who played in their first NFL game tonight, it's a memory that they'll have forever.
1: No question. And, uh, you know, some young players, not their first game, but Tyson Anderson, for example, with two fumble recoveries. Two picks. Excuse me. Mm -hmm. Two interceptions. Uh, in, in a half of a football game I asked him if it ever happened to him at any level he goes no and he, he made it sound like not even in a game but definitely not in a half and he's keeping one of the footballs and he's giving the other one to his parents so he's a happy young man um, Dominique Davis involved with a couple of the turnovers as well I mean those those are things that those guys will remember because you know they haven't had much playing time in the National Football League at this stage Yossi Vash Worked his tail off. I mean, I don't know. I'd have to check the GPS, but special teams and running routes, this dude ran all night long. He may have to have a recovery day.
0: <laughs> he needs a smaller foot. If he had a slightly smaller <laughs> foot or smaller shoe, he would have had a touchdown catch.
1: Yeah, that was pretty good play. I mean, the way he twisted his body and, uh, and just barely you know missed out on that touchdown it would have been good for him to get that to get rewarded for that but I think the thing that uh, you got to like about a, a guy like him is he takes coaching so well I mean he was having some issues at getting uh, extension using the big body that he has to his advantage and getting his arms extended catching the football he was letting the ball come to his body more and uh, the coach just said look you know he's six foot three with some range and length use it and he's used it and you don't have to tell intelligent guy like him something more than once and he's coachable and he's he's extremely athletic there's no question about that
0: dj turner has received a lot of attention this training camp i thought he played well four tackles including two tackles for loss you mentioned yossi vash he had four catches Chase Brown handled the ball 11 times. He had a 21-yard catch on a check down. This rookie rookie class showed pretty well in their first taste of NFL preseason action.
1: They did. They showed they belonged, you know. No question about that. Um, The the game boiled down to third down. Green Bay was better. Red zone, Green Bay was dramatically better. Four touchdowns in the red zone. Uh, The Bengals get in the red zone once and, you know, settle for a field goal, so... You can't lose the red zone battle that significantly and expect to win a football game. Um, and the, really, the touchdown was on a, on a defensive score. So it's you know gonna, there's miles to go before they rush. There's a lot of work that needs to be done. But it's never as bad as you think it is. And it's never as good as you think it is, particularly preseason game number one. I mean, you look, and, look at the tape. Um, and if you didn't look at it in sequence, you know it would be oh, this, this was a competitive environment um but too many penalties lack of red zone execution um third down inefficiency all that all that added up to to losing a football game
0: neither quarterback played particularly well i thought browning was better than simeon but the protection was better for browning so it's really hard to knock simeon uh, when he was dealing with free runners and, and pressure that was not quite as bad for Jake Browning.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, and all that has to be taken into account. Uh, Simeon, when he wasn't spinning away from – he was getting rid of the football just before, you know, contact was coming. And, um, you know, that's – the Green Bay Packers, they, they they ended up figuring things out. You know, free runner, I don't know if it was because we were a man short in protection because – They had such a limited game plan going into the game. There really wasn't a game plan, it was keep it simple so players could be confident and play real fast. Well, in some cases that may have let them down, um, not having enough blockers or maybe, you know, there was a call that wasn't made properly at the line of scrimmage to pick up that free runner. So um, all that has to be sorted out and worked through and it's gonna uh, gonna get dramatically better, there's no doubt.
0: So the real story of this game was what happened before the game, Yeah, much uh, earlier before the game as Joe Burrow came out onto the field for a pretty rigorous pre-game workout. He threw passes to members of the coaching staff. He ran, although I wouldn't describe it as sprinting, but it wasn't a jog, he was running pretty aggressively. I saw him exit the stadium with Sam Hubbard, seemed to be in good spirits. So if you could have one thing happen today of anything, it wouldn't be a dominant win over the Green Bay Packers. It would be a sign that Joe Burrow is going to be A-OK in time for the season opener against the Cleveland Browns. And this was a positive step forward.
1: Yeah, the fact that he didn't have anything on that calf. Mm -hmm. You know, there was no sleeve. There was no compression sock. There was none of that kind of thing. So you could see that bruising was reabsorbed. I mean, it it's pretty much gone away. And that's what's allowed him to do the things that he was doing out there. Um, I think the Wednesday practice that he attended was probably an impetus. I think it was like, oh man, I I, I gotta get out and start doing something. This is driving me crazy.
0: As long as the doctors and trainers said it's okay.
1: Exactly, and they were all out there. Uh, The trainers were, you know, making sure that he didn't do too much. Um, But it, it would not surprise me if next week he throws. And he throws more than one day. I'm not saying necessarily Monday or Sunday. Now, when you say throws, with linemen and receivers
0: or just off to the side throwing to receivers?
1: Off off to the side. Oh, yeah. I, I don't think he's going to do anything, you know, in terms of out on the football field, helmet and shoulder pads kind of thing. But I think now that he has started to throw, I think he's going to ramp it up. You know, he's going to continue to throw. And um, it wouldn't surprise me that he goes into some sort of a – A routine where every single day, if there's no setbacks, you know, like what if there's a setback tomorrow morning, he wakes up, it's like, man, maybe I did a little too much. If he ever feels that, he has to shut it down, back off and shut it down because you do not want to uh, re-exacerbate or re-injure it because it's always worse that second time it goes it goes to a point where it was worse than when you first heard it. That seems to be the the way those calf issues are. I mean, they can be lingering. So, but as he continues to ramp it up, I mean, love to see him. He's not going to play in any preseason games. I don't think he was going to anyway. That's not going to happen. But what if he was able to practice before the last preseason game for a day or two? And then when they come back, they don't have a game. They have a week off, but they – any work that they do, the work days they do, he's out there doing as much as he possibly can on those work days, and then the following week goes through a regular week of practice Mm -hmm. and gets ready for the Cleveland Browns. I could see that as a possibility.
0: I think that's the best case scenario. This happened two weeks ago, 15 days ago. If he's out for two more weeks, which would be four weeks since the injury, that would still give
1: him two weeks before the season opener. The season opener's 30 days away. And watching him throw today? I mean, he's he's able to he's able to put some torque on the football, you know. So, um, and, and the and the thing is, he has kept up with all the mental rep stuff, and like we talked about before, he did get a ton of reps in in July, you know. And, and uh, so, it, the, the, losing just a little bit of time that he lost, it's not ideal, but it's not you know something that's going to like cost him, you know. He he's not going to be the same guy going out there and playing quarterback. I can see, though, a school of thought, too, where you know, it's like, OK, depending on how all this goes. I mean, if, there's, if, if he keeps progressing, doing more and not having any setbacks, the plan we're talking about, fine. If there's any minor thing, shut it down, miss week one. You know, don't, don't push it. But the way he looked today is extremely encouraging. Mm-hmm. And you'd think that, uh, geez, you know, maybe you can, you can add to that workload. He's young. He's in great shape. He's a quick healer. He's shown that before. Uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully now he's on a track where he'll be able to go against the Cleveland Browns because they need all hands on deck, particularly that hand, need that most important major hand on deck up there in Cleveland.
0: Like we said, he wasn't sprinting before the game tonight, but he was running. I would describe it as running. That shocks me. I did not
1: expect that to happen 15 days after that injury. I agree. The, the, now, the, the final thing is the explosion. You know, you're in the pocket, and you have to push off that foot, you know, on that foot attached to that calf and really push off. And it is his right calf. So when he has to say he has to get out of pocket and plant that foot and torque his body and throw down the football field, all of those kind of things that, that is a much different dynamic than even sprinting, just running a sprint mm-hmm. across the football field. Tho, those kind of things where your, your, your body has to, has to adjust and, and still be able to be real strong when you're exploding and, and, and being sudden you know, in your movements, that's, uh, that's the final test. Things are looking up. I'm telling you, I'd give him an A-plus on his first <laughs> test. He looked good. <laughs> he looked really good. <laughs>
0: The Bengals Booth Podcast is brought to you by Alta Fiber, future-proof fiber internet capable of delivering multi-gigabit speeds designed to take your home, business, and community to a new level. Elevate your connection with AltaFiber. Now, time for our first edition of Fantastic Fun Facts this year, where you get to know the person under the pads. Time for some fun facts with quarterback Reed Sinnett from Johnston, Iowa. Not too far from Des Moines population, roughly 24,000 or so. I'm from a small town in New York State. Our claim to fame is that Lucille Ball is from there. Okay. Does Johnston, Iowa have any sort of claim to fame? Ooh.
6: We have a NFLer named Quinn Sapniewski, who was a long snapper and a tight end for the Baltimore Ravens for probably two or three years. We have a hybrid seed company that was known as Pioneer when I was there. So, you know, a lot of the really, really good corn was getting grown in the town that I'm from. So other than that, though, I don't know that there's a lot of uh, excitement in Johnston, Iowa.
0: All right. Well, we've learned some important nuggets about Johnston. It sounds like you are from a very athletic family. I read that your dad was a walk-on basketball player at Kansas. Your mom has a background as a sports writer. Were you obsessed with sports growing up?
6: I was, but I was only obsessed with playing them. You know, Mm -hmm. we watched Kansas basketball and North Carolina basketball, but I wasn't a professional sports fan. So I was obsessed with playing ball in the yard and coming up with games and um, doing it that way. But, you know, watching sports has been something that I've found to enjoy more as I've gotten older. But. I'll still try to get my buddies to play with ball and do things like that. And they look at me like, we're grown men, you know, we don't need to be doing that. <laughs>
0: well, you are definitely a grown man. You're 6'4", 225. Were you the biggest, most athletic kid in the neighborhood growing up?
6: Not at all. I was a late bloomer. So, you know, I was always taller and maybe bigger than some of the buddies that I hung out with. But um, my athletic prime, I don't think, probably came till my fourth or fifth year in college even. Hmm. And, uh, you know, I I still think I'm on an upward trajectory, so I still think there's room for growth on that front.
0: We're visiting with quarterback Reed Sinnott. I read that you were not the starting quarterback in high school until your senior year. Now, Ben Roethlisberger can say the same thing, but uh, it's an underdog story to make it to the NFL when that's the case.
6: Yeah, I started one year in high school. Um, I was playing more baseball than I was football at that time. You know, I was committed to playing other sports. I wasn't doing camps and things like that, so Mm -hmm. recruiting was an uphill battle. And then I only started one year in college, too, at the University of San Diego, um, playing behind Anthony Lawrence, who was a two-time conference player of the year and ended up having a good career over in Japan. But I, I think it's being able to take advantage of opportunities when they come, and I think uh, I've learned how to you know, be the best at my role on the team, and I think there's, there's a role for that at this level as well.
0: What was living in San Diego like after growing up in Iowa?
6: it was unbelievable. A little bit of culture shock. But I, I grew quickly into my rainbow sandals and, uh, you know, picked up a surfboard a couple times. I can't say that I'm any good, but I uh, lived a couple years at the beach, and it's really
0: hard to, hard to beat that, I can tell you. Now, I read that you were almost an Ivy Leaguer before you chose the University of San Diego. You did your research. I I, uh, <laughs> I uh, thought I
6: was going to go to Penn. That was kind of my, my dream school. Um, I remember my senior year of high school – senior first day of senior year everybody wore the uh shirt of what school they were going to go to and i wore a pen shirt thinking that was going to be home for me and uh the coach there told me to call tanner angstrom at the university of san diego and i called him probably four or five times and he never called me back and i'll never forget my dad telling me in the living room like call him one more time like just call him I'm like he doesn't want to talk to me and he finally picked up and he's like come on a visit you know i got a chance to to make the team that fall and um you know a lot of dominoes fell in my direction since then
0: so you finally got to start as your, as a senior, as you pointed out, and had a great year. Did you start to think the NFL was a realistic possibility?
6: uh Dale Lindsay, our head coach, after my freshman camp and uh, Jacques Cesare, they said to me that they thought I could play in the NFL and I remember telling some of my buddies from home that and then giving me a hard time like you're at the University of San Diego, man, like relax and uh, those two people definitely you know gave me some you know confidence behind the scenes that that made me feel like i was working towards something and that year i I felt like i i was going to be able to show that i was an nfl player and um my great friend michael bandy was the reason that scouts were coming to watch us and um i think i gave him a reason to come around a second time
0: so after your college career you signed as a college free agent with the tampa bay buccaneers it was tom brady's first year there so you went through training camp learning from the goat being in a quarterback room with the goat what was that experience like
6: It was amazing. Uh, A lot of people ask, you know, what's he like? And I think he's everything that everybody thinks he is. Um, He's a fantastic person. He was really supportive of me and um, in little moments, you know, gave me some confidence, even though I wasn't getting a ton of reps. Uh, He was really valuable for my development. You know, I was able to ask him questions and we would sit and eat lunch together and I would just watch him watch tape. You know, there wasn't a lot of discussion in there, but, um, you know, he he allowed me to kind of hover around and see how he went about his business. And I, I definitely learned a lot about being
0: a professional from him. If you ate lunch with him on a regular basis, what was he eating?
6: Uh, it was funny. He was a big fan of the Sweet Baby Ray's barbecue sauce. Really? and And uh, he was joking that the avocado ice cream <laughs> and his diet stuff got blown out of proportion because <laughs> he did love that Sweet Baby Ray's.
0: All right. I feel like we've, uh, we've broken news here. Tom Brady <laughs> actually ate something that wasn't uh, you know incredibly healthy. So you've got three years of NFL experience under your belt, practice squad time, time on the roster as a, a number three quarterback with the philadelphia eagles how do you improve under those circumstances because you're not getting a ton of reps during practice
6: it's challenging and uh, i think it's part of being able to take advantage of opportunities when they're presented to you Um, coach flores when i was in miami gave me a lot of walkthrough reps and so those were my super bowl every day you know Mm -hmm. going against that defense and trying to make things work and learning how the defense worked it made me i learned a ton in that um you know philadelphia was a different organization i didn't get as many hands-on reps and so you know felt like I was doing a lot of learning behind the scenes and um, it's part of the challenge of not being a starter in the NFL and um, it's something that you kind of have to overcome and and take what you can get Um, I feel like in the preseason especially I've been able to take advantage of the opportunities I get and that's going to be I think the story of my career is am I able to take advantage of those preseason reps and you know show 32 teams that I can play and keep getting opportunities like this or you know figure out how, how it goes from there
0: we're chatting with quarterback Reed Sinnott, so the XFL had a season this past spring. There were some prominent quarterbacks in that league, including former Bengal A.J. McCarran. Great opportunity to play in games, and you broke your foot. Yep. How tough was that?
6: It was challenging. Um, you know, I think the XFL was definitely a learning experience for me. Um, you know, getting hurt's always a challenge, but it's something that I had already had in my other foot, so, you know, the injury wasn't something new to me. I, I kind of knew what was going to come with it, but... Feeling like I maybe missed out on chances this summer to, you know, show that I could play, learn a new offense. Those things are things you have to take in stride. And so now I'm, I'm here in the opportunity that I, I think could have been the best for me. And so trying to take it as, as, as much as I can.
0: So when Joe Burrow injured his calf at the beginning of training camp, the Bengals had a couple of quarterbacks try out and chose to sign you and some fans might have said that name sounds familiar where do i know reed senate and sure enough if you go back to the preseason two years ago you lit him up for 343 yards you threw a miraculous roughly 40 yard touchdown pass on fourth and 15 with less than a minute and a half to go are your teammates aware of that has anybody said hey I i remember that game
6: yeah a little bit um that was uh, a really fun experience and i think you know like i was talking about taking advantage of opportunities and it's the only game i've gotten to start at this level Mm. um i got in here i got signed and i was kind of finishing stuff up in the training room and you know joe was kind of doing some of his rehab and i just said hey man i'm reed and he's like reed senate preseason 2020 or preseason game three 2021 i remember that and so it was funny we've gone back and forth a little bit about that um you know i joked with him I got home after that game and was you know obviously riding high i felt like there wasn't anything else i could do to make the team and espn turned it on SportsCenter, the hours turn it over and they flashed dolphins Bengals, and i'm like are they sweet i might get to see some highlights and they showed um two jamar chase drops and (laughs) joe burrow throwing a screen for minus two and then it flashed the final score whatever (laughs) dolphins i don't even remember what the final score was and then at the bottom it said, Joe Burrow, one for three, minus two yards. And I was like, I can't even get a stat line. So, you know, that brought me back to reality pretty quick. And, um, you know, I had to joke with Joe about that. And he's been fantastic. So it's uh, it's been a fun quarterback room for sure.
0: All right. A couple of wild card topics for quarterback Reed Sinnott. Who was your childhood athletic hero?
6: <laughs> it's Tyler Hansborough mm-hmm. of the North Carolina basketball team. Um I felt like I resonated with the set picks and rebounds and get, you know, offensive rebounds to score baskets. That was kind of my basketball game. So Tyler Hansborough was my my guy.
0: If you could meet anybody in history, athlete, entertainer, famous politician, whoever it might be, who would that person be?
6: Hmm. The first person that came to my head was Abraham Lincoln. I was, you know, reading some books that are talking about leadership and things like that, and a lot of things come back to him and his ability to you know, be kind to people. Remember people's names. The way that he interacted with people, and obviously led our country through a, a really important time. I think he would be a really fascinating person to talk talk with. Um, you know, not to skew your question now, but if I you know could have a golf partner, you know, to play around a round of golf with, I think Peyton Manning would be hard to mm-hmm. turn down. I think, uh, you know, you add a hole of history, it totally changes the game. But <laughs> if I could just play you know eighteen rounds or eighteen holes of golf, I'd be uh, I'd love to ride in the cart with Peyton Manning.
0: A conversation with Honest Dave and a round of golf with Peyton Manning. That's yeah. a good combo. Reed Sinnott, great to have you in Cincinnati. Best of luck in the preseason.
6: Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here.
0: That's going to do it for this episode of the Bengals Booth Podcast, brought to you by Bengals Picks and Ultimate Bengals. They're free to play with tickets and signed merchandise up for grabs. By Paycor, the official HR software provider of the Bengals. By AltaFiber, future-proof fiber internet. Elevate your connection with Alta Fiber and by Kettering Health, the official health care provider of the Bengals. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to this podcast. And if you have a minute, give it a rating or share a comment. That helps more Bengals fans find us. I'm Dan Horde. Thanks for listening to the Bengals Booth Podcast.